Hi, and welcome to the Working Differently in Extension podcast. I'm Bob Birch. Great to have you along for today's program. We're going to spend the next few podcasts uh, talking about a really important piece of collaborative work. It's a book called We've Tried That Before, 500 Years of Extension Wisdom. And today we're going to welcome a couple of people who are critical in making the book happen. Paul Hill from Utah State University Extension and Jamie Sager from Ohio State University Extension. So you guys wrote a book. What does that feel like, Jamie? A little crazy. Um, I don't know. I think uh, Paul and I have done a lot of writing projects together before. I think it was just inevitable, right, that we were going to end up writing a book at some point in time. Um, But I'll let uh, Paul talk a little bit about how that happened. The book is a good kind of culminating um, product from our work together in the Educational Technology Learning Network and with our work with eExtension as being involved in the Innovation Lab. But just like any project that took almost two years to ship, uh, by the time it comes out, you're you're really sick of it. And, uh, you know, now now, but now is the time you really have to go and tell people all about it. So we're really excited about it. We're not sick of it at all. <laughs> not at all. So, yeah, this, I mean, it sounds like a huge undertaking, Paul. So why did you decide to make this project a book instead of a website or a wiki or, you know, video series or all the other things it could have been? We really wanted to do something different by doing something old-fashioned and traditional. And in a <laughs> lot of ways, you can do something different by doing something that's very old-fashioned and that has been done before many times. And we thought, you know, a book's something that doesn't really always happen in extension. So we thought that'll be pretty classic. And we wanted something that'll be able to collect dust up on people's shelves. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is tangible, right? I mean, um, this project was inspired by, by TJ Talbert and the extension workers code, um, which I think some people, uh, maybe years ago carried tangibly with them? Is this, do you see this as something that, that people can sort of carry around? Absolutely. In, in the book, it's meant to be written in. There's a lot of illustrations as well as sections at the end of each, chap, each of the 10 chapters for field notes and then some illustrations that you can kind of color and draw in. And so we want people to carry this with them, to use it, to take notes in it, to write down their thoughts and their wisdom. So they're going to, uh, you know, I could see a, a second edition coming out where people at more more than 30 extension professionals contribute their wisdom and their advice for future extension professionals. And so I think that uh, I'd love to do something like this, you know, down the road, maybe at the end of my career and, and then get, get more stories, more wisdom and insight from those who have gone before. Jamie, Paul mentioned sort of the the dynamic nature of the book, the illustrations, the space for notes. Why was that important in the project? Well, we we first discussed having some illustrations in the book because we've read several books, um, specifically Rework and um, any of Seth Godin's work that has some really dynamic qualities to it so, and keeps you engaged and interested in reading more. So illustrations were the first step in us thinking about how can we make this book more engaging and build off of the great content that um, the Extension Workers Code book had, but 
present it in a more unique, engaging, and kind of a fun way. And I think that invokes the spirit that we've always had with the EdTech Learning Network and the work that we've done with eExtension as well. And the same goes for the people that are in our network. We like to have fun with what we do, really enjoy our work and what we do. And so I think the illustrations were kind of the first stepping stone to getting to that point. But like Paul said, we wanted this to be something that was going to be used because we know that it's needed. So why not make it a little fun, make it visually engaging. Um, and then that'll help not only the stories and the lessons and the wisdom contained in the book to stick better, you know, allow that wisdom to stick a little bit more, um, but to also be something that people are going to take and use with them and jot down their notes and not become one of those ancient um, conference relics, you know, the things that we bring back, like our notes from conferences and things um, that do collect dust on the shelf. We want this to be something that people are actually going to be using all the time and hopefully it will be like a, a you know, a, a focus point on their, on their desk or wherever they keep things that they, they pull out and use all the time. So I think we had some stepping stones to getting to that point where we wanted to have some some dynamic and interactive elements in the book and the illustrations were kind of the, the first thing that got us there. When Jamie and I were ideating, uh, when we decided let's do a book, she was like, this couldn't just be like any uh, every other boring printed publication that's out there. And so we decided, you know, we really felt like the visuals helped the message sink in better. And this is you know, this is useful wisdom from, you know, from a lot of people, a lot of smart people with many years of experience, uh, you know, that, that they should, that readers should actually, you know, want to remember and apply in their everyday lives at work. And so this is something that they'll be able to carry with them. It's not very big. It's like eight, five by eight and a half, eight inches and uh, maybe about 150 pages, but uh, a lot of it you can write in and, uh, and write in your own wisdom. So. That word wisdom's come up a couple of times, Paul, and in the preface uh, to the book, you talk about the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, how do you, how do we differentiate knowledge from wisdom? Yeah, absolutely. Wisdom, when you think about it, wisdom is information you can actually use because it has something magical. And what's magical about it is context. And this is, this, you know, this book of wisdom isn't, general. It applies specifically to extension work. It's almost useless for anyone else working in any other industry but ours. This this book really, I see it as a gift from the current and past extension professionals, this generation that's moving on, retiring uh, to to new and future extension professionals. So no one, no one um, is recording their wisdom. So they and that's one thing that we, we notice. We have a lot of fact sheets. We have a lot of journal articles, but it's that wisdom. It's those, it's, it's those conversations you have in the hall or from a mentor at the office or at a conference where you get some really good advice and it changes the trajectory of your career or it helps you when you, when, you know, during after, you know, it's the Q and a after a presentation where the presenter goes through, gives all their slides and says, this is how I did this you know, amazing program or this amazing conference. And then you, you ask them, well, like you get in the nitty gritty and the story behind all that. And that's what this book is about. So no one's, you know, really an extension recording our wisdom. We're recording the knowledge. We're recording the information. So we saw this as like kind of a blue ocean opportunity to package it up and get it out to our peers. And uh, we'll probably, you know, hopefully do this again sometime. And I'm just reminded of a, a quote by Yoda 
the the Jedi Master, he said that you he said always pass on what you've learned, and I just figured there's so much that I've learned from many of the reti- now retired and and soon to be retired extension professionals that have helped me in in the beginning of my career. I just it's really hard to start your career when you don't have a lot of that wisdom because otherwise you're just making a lot of rookie mistakes in the beginning. And uh, I think this book can really help uh, new, new um, and current extension professionals. Jamie, uh, let's jump back a little bit. I know we talked a little bit about the process of this and um, you know, what a, you know, how long you guys have been working on this. Um, Paul mentioned 30 extension professionals contributing to the book. Can you give us an idea of like, how did that come together? this whole entire book project was a testament to the, to the power of a collaborative network. And when you are connected to as many people as Paul and I have been able to easily connect with through the work that we've done through the EdTech Learning Network and also eExtension, knowing how many creative, innovative individuals that we had in our network, um, we knew that they would jump on the chance to be a part of something like this. What really surprised us when Paul sent out the initial um, announcement and request for co-authors, what really surprised us was that we've had, we had several people who were expressed interest in joining the book project who we had never even <laughs> spoken with before. Um, we had never done work with them. We didn't know who they were, um, but we thought, great, this is amazing. Um, It was really fun, actually, to see how many new names uh, and voices we had be a part of this project, just simply because Paul put the invitation out there and said, we're thinking about doing this. Would you like to be involved? And I knew that we would have a lot of interest. I just didn't know how much interest we would have, and especially the new people that came on board. It was, it was really fun to watch, but I really do feel that this book is a showcase of what can happen when we do collaborative work and extension where we have this built-in network of individuals who trust one another. Um, I mean, just the, the thought of Paul putting out an invitation and saying, hey, I'm thinking about writing a book, and then we have so much interest. I think it says a lot to how much trust goes into knowing um, you know, someone who's leading a project like this, knowing they're going to follow through, knowing that this will probably end up being a pretty awesome resource for people and wanting to be a part of that. Yeah, that initial call to action was about, it was an opportunity. You know, we're really involved with the kickbox innovation process. And part of that is failing early and validating your ideas. And so instead of starting this book and just me and Jamie writing it and then finding out later that no one wanted it, that, that would have been really sad. And so <laughs> with this, we put it out there and so many responses of people, a lot of people who said they were interested ended up saying, Hey, I don't have time right now. And so they kind of dropped off, but they definitely wanted, they said, keep this updated. We want to know. And so it was early validation if to see if this was idea was worthy of our time and, and our effort to pursue it. And, and it, it turned out to be, and it's, it was a great experience. We utilized Google Docs, a lot of Qualtrics forms to collect information and these essays and the, the, the contributions from all of the extension professionals. And, and these are 30, not just normal extension professionals. These are extension professionals at all different time, like times in their career, as well as levels of leadership and 
engagement. So we have people at the county level, state administrators even, and everyone's, you know, so diverse in their expertise. And so it's really cool to see so many people coming together who are, you know, focused in on agriculture another one's technology and another one's family consumer science and, and uh, military families and all, all sorts of these, uh, you know, levels of expertise and extension. So it's a great, a lot of great diversity. And it was something when I look back, I was like, even when we had started the book, I was like, oh, you know what? we got to make sure we have a diverse group of authors and cause, cause we had just started and I went back and I was like, Oh wow, we do. We, we, we already did without even trying. So. So one of the things I noticed was that the authors are credited without a, a title, like their organizational title. Was that a conscious decision? Yeah. We didn't have enough space in the, in the book to include all those. Just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, we, we just we didn't we didn't want to draw any attention to anyone's titles or degrees or anything like that, and so uh, we just wanted to make sure we showed the the co-author's name as well as where they're from. Yeah, and I, I mean, when it comes to providing wisdom and stories, um, I think we've all been to conferences where it doesn't necessarily matter um, what someone's title is or what their background is in. If you get some great advice from someone, that's information you can use. It doesn't necessarily mean. Um, if they're an expert in that or not, I don't think that matters. So, yeah, we have a few directors, and their their stories and their wisdom is no greater than you know myself as a as a county a lowly county faculty. <laughs> the book is broken up into these ten chapters. Which of those chapters do you feel is most important for extension in terms of where extension is right now? Um, personally, for me going back through the book and I already had a lot of, I have a lot of highlighted sections and quotes that are my favorite um, here and there uh, in the book as I've gone through it over the past few months. But one theme that rose to the surface pretty quickly when we were editing the, the initial draft of the book was that there's this call to coming off of the stage. So moving away from this expert model and sage on the stage um, method of engaging with people and just getting back to true engagement and, you know, hearing the call of the, you know, extension mission um, and vision of, of engaging with our communities at a really personal level of relationship building. And uh, so Roger Rennekamp, um, his section, he's, he's our um, director at Ohio State University Extension this section really speaks to that and focuses on the importance of collaborative problem solving, engaging all the right people and hearing them and, and letting them, letting their voices be heard in order to solve some really complex challenges and opportunities that we currently have in our communities around the country. And so you hear this theme brought up in several other sections and Brad Anderson, um, his section on valuing others' opinions is another example of this as well. And um, I, I think that that's something that we can really grab onto right now in extension. Um, we're at a pretty pivotal time in our um, land grant institution history where we have to decide where's our niche, you know, are we going coming back to the calling of engaging in our local communities or do we want to be seen as experts? I'm not sure that we can necessarily heavily focus on both. And, and so we need to make that, that call. But also, Bob, my favorite um, section of the book is 
your remember your goals section. I think it's applicable to every extension professional, no matter where you're at in your career, no matter what your title is or your background, um, just really giving yourself the permission and the time to stop and think and connect dots and do that by asking what am I doing and why am I doing it and doing that on a regular basis I think is something that every extension professional can really grab onto right now and, and apply to their work. I think uh, Jamie wrote some really, really great sections in the leadership chapter and that I think are, are worth noting. Uh, I would say my favorite and probably think the most you know, important chapter for extension right now is in chapter two. And that's, that chapter is on innovation. That's the title uh, because we, you know, we only have one choice right now and that's innovate or die. And so in order to work different differently, we have to start thinking differently. And the section in this chapter, it will really help extension professionals figure out how to approach their work in a completely different way, which will help them to be more successful as they innovate. And so just in the, the first, the first paragraph, I'll just read it. It just says who has time to just sit and think the next, uh, the, the number one excuse for not doing something different is lack of time. Why are you reading this book right now? Shouldn't you be doing busy work, something else? Be careful not to allow yourself to use busyness as an excuse. Too much busy work yields shallow work, leaving little time for the thinking, reflection, and deep work that has the most impact. By reading this book, you have chosen to think, to think ahead and think differently. And so, and then that goes right into a section titled Embrace Risk by Keith Smith. And it's it's really great because, you know, he's an, a former retired extension director and he says things like, Leaders understand failure is part of the process and encourage open communication that includes off, uh, differing opinions. And so it's really great to see someone say it's okay to fail. It's part of the process. It's a part of the process of innovation. And then he goes in and gives a story about, you know, how, how he survived 20 years as a director. <laughs> so. <laughs> Jamie, in that section, one of the, uh, in that chapter, one of the sections that stood out for me was what you wrote about innovation uh, being a culture and not an event. Um, can you share what inspired you to write that? One of the things that we've done as part of our educational technology efforts at Ohio State is thinking about how we can make things a little easier on our colleagues in order for them to be more open to integrating technology into what they're doing, but also um, just weave that into the current culture that we have in the organization. Part of that work is breaking down barriers, so identifying things that might be standing in their way, um, you know, like scholarly things, um, reporting, um, those sorts of barriers, but then also just giving them the time and the space to learn how it is possible to work differently and be open to that. Um, and so one of the things that we've done with our ed tech work in, in that spirit is that we've hosted these hackathon events the past two years. Um, we've hosted an innovative extension hackathon event where we bring people together in a collaborative spirit and have real diverse um, partners be a part of these teams um, that they participate in and everything. But 
the purpose of these hackathon events, some people think, you know, they come and they think, wow, we're going to spend a whole day with our team. We're going to come up with some really amazing ideas and we're going to have a lot of fun doing it. And while, yeah, those are some of the goals that we have for the event. And that's awesome when we see people come together and, and do that during the hackathon events. But really the main goal for me personally for, for the Innovate Extension events is just to create this culture of innovation and let people know that some things are possible, that working differently is possible, that bringing in different perspectives allows us to think that way. And it really kicks off and, and creates and fosters this culture of doing things differently and um, understanding what the real definition of innovation means and what it looks like in practice um, is, is really important as well. And that's how we can build a culture of innovation and not necessarily just focus on one big brilliant idea because that's not really what innovation is, but it, it is more about a cultural shift that has to take place rather than just having one event and saying, okay, we've, we've done it, we're innovative, we tackled it, we've, we've conquered innovation because we say that we're innovative and, and we showed this by having a, a cool event and getting ideas and now we're done. We don't have to deal with it anymore, but that's not quite what it takes. It takes an entire cultural shift within an organization to have people start adopting new ways of thinking and, and working. Paul, one of the sections that you wrote that kind of that stood out to me um, was don't should on people. <laughs> what what's shooting what's shooting on people? Oh <laughs> am I am I enunciating Enough. Yes, you, you, you said it right. You said it right. So, yeah, you shouldn't should on people. That's a lot of times, and, and I tell the story in the book about my first ever extension meeting when I showed up uh, on, you know, the first thing is the second day of work. And I had an evening meeting with a 4-H horse council at the time when I was uh, running a 4-H program. And they just started shooting all over me. And telling me what I should be doing. You should do this and you should do this. And I went and did everything on that list and everything because I wanted to show these people that I cared and that I was going to do good at my job and serve them well. And it, and it just turned out that they didn't really care because uh, when I got overwhelmed, like many, uh, many in extension do, you get overwhelmed and you're like, man, I need some help. And then I went and asked for help and then no one wanted to help. And it was like, well, if you don't care to do this, then why should I care to do this? And so a lot of times you just have to be aware of, of you know, when people, you know, when people are shitting on you and then, and then turn that into an invitation. Okay. Will you be the creative master of this, of this project that you think should, should happen? And then if the answer is no, then it doesn't really need to be done. But if, it, if the answer is yes, then, you know, I'll shit on you right now. You should help them. And so that's, that's, uh, that's kind of the advice that uh, was in that section. <laughs> that was Paul Hill and Jamie Sager, authors of the new book, We've Tried That Before, 500 Years of Extension Wisdom. We'll hear more from Paul and Jamie, as well as several other of the book's co-authors in the next few weeks on the podcast. You can get your own limited edition of the book in an awesome gift box set at wttbgiftbox.eventbrite.com. That's wttbgiftbox.eventbrite.com. We'll have that link on our show notes, as always, at bobbirch.com. 
Remember, you can listen to the Working Differently in Extension podcast anytime on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash working differently. I'm Bob Birch. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great day.